Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining us. Our guest is Jason Yerusi, a repeat podcast guest. He was on the DJE podcast many moons ago. And I always love catching up with operators after a couple of years and seeing what they're up to. You know, since we caught up with Jason last, he's moved from New Jersey down to Tennessee. They've grown their portfolio a ton. We talk about some of the lifestyle design and decisions that they've been able to make, him and his family been able to make, which are really inspiring for, for me to hear about. Uh, and then just growing the portfolio, how they're doing deals in today's market, some of the operation side, how they approach property management, how they raise capital, you know, the usual stuff we talk about here on the DJE podcast. So Jason's a great guy, smart entrepreneur, high, high energy guy, and I always enjoy my time with him. I know you will too. Before we jump into the episode, two quick messages, one from DJE, our company. If you are not currently seeing deals that we send out for investment and you want to, you can register very simply at djetexas.com, deltajulietechotexas.com, or you can just look in the show notes right here on whatever you're listening on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, scroll down, click through, and you can register for uh, our updates. Secondly, if you're interested in going further in this apartment investing business, you want to put together a team and go out and run these investments yourself, like we do, like Jason does, like countless other operators do, we created apartmenteducators.com as a complete ecosystem for you able to be able to do that. So push the fast forward button, get plugged in on coaching, networking, relationships, raising capital, marketing, the whole thing, teach you how to do all that to fast forward your journey to being a general partner, owning and running these deals. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into this episode with my friend, Jason Yerusi. Here we go. Jason, it's great to see you again. It's been a while. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm great. It's great to be back. Yeah, so let's let's catch up. You know, I think you know you and I. You've been, you're on the podcast a couple of years ago now. We, we talked multifamily, we talked family business, all this stuff. But before we get into all that, how about just kind of a, a, a primer here for the folks in the audience that haven't connected with you before, or met you at a conference, or any of this good stuff? You sure. know, what's your backstory? How do you how do you get into real estate investing? Yeah, so completely non-traditional path. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in New Jersey, uh, moved to New York City in uh, my early 20s and started working in restaurants and bars, uh, you know, and from there uh, met my future wife. It took her about 10 years to figure figure that out. But then after that, met Peely, uh, my future wife, who we married about a decade later. But we uh, started to open up some restaurants, opened uh, and sold a brewery. And then lo and behold, um, early 2011, 12 there, Hurricane Sandy happened and just decimated the East Coast. Well, my yeah. father um, has always had a construction business and really targeted on flood zone properties, really lifting and moving buildings. So his business went from uh, eight to 10 projects a year, um, very, very designated projects to thousands of calls a day overnight oh because of the yeah. hundreds of thousands of homeowners affected. So my brother was working for me at the time. And then uh, Peely, you know, at that time, still my girlfriend and myself, well, we moved out to New Jersey to help dad. Right. And that was a great approach. Really was um, fun to just see the business um, grow at that rate because we went from, you know, him doing 10 to 12 projects a year, all of a sudden, you know, 300 to 350 projects a year. And it was uh, a bit madness all at the same time. Um, it really helped us understand that th this was great. However, going forward, 
if we're going to continue on a service business, we were always going to be capped by how much energy we had to go and put something into the project. And so we kept asking, well, how are we going to find a way to, to get our time back? Because at that time, Peely was uh, pregnant with the first of our three kiddos. And we were saying, you know, we're so busy right now. If there was eight days in a week, you know, 20 hours in the day, well, they would be chewed up. So how are we going to make this work here now? We're trying to find our way back. And the word real estate kept coming onto our plate. And we thought that was the route by jumping into real estate. So we did what we thought was logical. Here we are still doing construction, purely pregnant. Um, now with our second child is going out there to get her uh, real estate license. We start flipping and wholesaling homes. And what we discovered is that we just took a lot of activity that we were doing in construction and just compiled that by doing a lot of other activity works where we were our bottleneck, right? Of every yes. piece of puzzle, right? So discovered that you know people were doing this in other ways. And Peely met someone at, at a local RIA who was investing out of state, uh, doing some you know single family uh, rental properties out of state. And we said, well, that sounds interesting. So we started to dive into that, find distressed properties, get contractors out there to renovate properties, get a property management company to get it leased out. And lo and behold, without us, because we're a thousand miles away, actively doing anything, well, checks started showing up in the mail because we had put together the team, put together the business plan and allowed people to do their best role. However, again, we discovered the bottleneck was now going to be on, on a times of scale, right? So to, to do, you know, 20, 30 duplexes all around, you know, a couple of states seemed maddening. And so we just kept asking that question, what else is there? And we came upon, whether it be a podcast, someone doing large apartment investing. And that was that light bulb moment because it just, it really made sense to us because we had constantly you know, run bars and restaurants that were big places that we would come into them and they wouldn't be optimized. And we'd find a way to really find the highest and best use to optimize those businesses. And the same thing made sense with us in the apartment buildings. So we sold off those smaller properties, dove all in, and uh, in 2017, brought our first property, which was a 94 unit. Uh, that was in Louisville, Kentucky. It was the first of about 20 or so transactions we've done now to date. We've uh, done a little bit over 2,000 units to date now. I love it, man. What what an intro. Thank you. That's there's a lot crammed in there and a lot of detail. I'm sure we could dive into that sure. first 94 units. Is that right? That's correct. Um, what talk to us about like the capital stack on that? You know, what, what kind of loan was it? Was it investor equity? Was it a lot of checks, one big check? How, how did you approach that, especially on the first deal? That's not an insignificant first go, right? You know, we got Interestingly lucky, I think it was the the cheapest per unit purchase price in in that Louisville submarket in like five years, and somehow right. we walked into an opportunity where um, ownership. Um, there there was an owner who had built the buildings. He passed away. He was in his nineties. He gave it to his kids who are now in their fifties and sixties who had all moved out of state. And they also had a thousand single family homes, but for some reason, this apartment building was like the albatross for them. They just couldn't figure it out. So they had way too many people working at this. They were having all kinds of problems running it. Although all the buildings around them were hundred percent occupied charging a hundred dollars more rent. So we went in there and offered them a price that we thought worked for it. It was at a very big discount. They wanted like three, like three, two, 3.2 million. And we offered like two, one. And they said, no, thank you. 3.2 million is our price. So we went away for, you know, six or seven months and, and we knew it was still out there and we just kept tracking it, went back. And we, we, I think we, at that time, we like raised our price by like $50,000 and they immediately sent us a counter back of like, they discounted their price by like $600,000. So for over the course of the next few months, you know, like it was actually, I think like two months, we negotiated back and forth and ended up closing that for $2.3 million which is just wow. insanity. 
based yeah. on today's today's uh, price uh, parameters. What was there what was their uh, impetus to sell? I mean, they have a loan maturity, or it, it was the the guy passed away, and it was an heir situation. Yeah, so it was all that the 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 kids were running it, yeah. and they they it was just c- complete madness. So they had four maintenance guys. And and who were on ninety two units? Uh, yeah, but what they were doing is they were running all the operations out of there for all the, the thousand single family homes they had too. But in uh, the basement, they had a wrestling ring, so I think all the the maintenance guys were actually just like wrestling in there. They had a <laughs> leasing person who they had seven vacant units that were all just like ready to go, just like fine condition that they weren't renting. And for the time that we owned this property, for the two years we had it, we never had a market because there were so many people that would come to this property every day looking for properties, but they couldn't rent these units because she was too busy watching tv in there it's like the door was never open like we went there for our inspection she was watching like dog the bounty hunter and didn't want to talk to us it was like <laughs> crazy and you could so this same building was the same building across the street right like of a different owner they were a hundred percent occupied and literally were charging a hundred dollars more rent than this than this people than they were uh they were charging and then um, I guess the kids didn't trust anybody to take the checks in. So you, the leasing person couldn't take the checks. The, the, the renters had to take them across town to drop them off. Oh, and wow. so they're having collections problems. So they they just had so many ways that they were just creating all these roadblocks for themselves. And they just kept saying, you know, like this apartment building is just crazy. We're just going to stick with our single family houses, the 1,000 single family houses. It's so much easier. Right. And so that their driver was that, you know, and they also weren't operating it effectively. So it just wasn't worth that price that they were asking for that. And so we were able to go in there. We actually got a very interesting loan at the time. If I remember, it was a, a Fannie seven, six arm, okay. um, which is an, and we, uh, we raised about 700 and a little over $700,000. I was, I think, um, it was somewhere probably between like, uh, like 12 and 15 investors. And we were doing this prior to, to, to finding the apartment building as we were talking to our network, you know, our friends yes. and family, just telling them what we were going to find. And so when we did go back and actually found the building, you know, we had a lot of investors who were already knew this, right? So although we were doing this for a couple of months, talking to investors, we basically raised the money in, in a day because we had already made all of the intros to what we were going to find. Yeah. hundred percent, which you have to do. If you're raising capital, you're syndicating capital, build those relationships early and you, you've got to prepave all that. Did you guys have like a sample deal package or did you just kind of back of the napkin? You, you know, a lot of times people's eyes kind of glaze over. You start talking about IRR hurdles and everything. So how, how did you guys approach those conversations with that first round of investors? Yeah, you said it so well, is that if you go to someone today and it's like, hey, I got this great deal. Um, I need the money in uh, two weeks. So it's it's this point, it's at 95 unit, 94 units in Louisville, Kentucky. I know I'm in New Jersey. I'm going to get a private management company. We're going to run it. It's going to be a 2X multiple. It's going to have this point. You're going to have a preferred return. And they're like, I don't know what just happened. So I'm not going right. to get it. Right? So it's just too much. Too so much. we actually did that same thing. We made a one pager that was probably like it. today, probably looks like I did it in Cran, right? right? And then on that front, just left it with them and said, hey, here's what we're going to do. Like, here's why we like multifamily, right? Here's why we're not doing the construction anymore. We're not doing the bar business. Like, this is why we're moving the space. This is how you can be a part of this deal. And I know it's a lot, but I'm going to leave you the sheet so you can take a look at this. And this is how it worked from a return. You know, this is just an example, but this, we're going to find something like this example. So go take it, take a look at it. You know, let us know if this is something you're interested in. Like, would you be interested in like 25 or 50K? We would put like a, like a bracket on it. So we'd have a soft gauge of like how many people were like kind of saying yes, right? Not really, they're not giving us money, but they're saying, I'd be interested for like 50K, right? And at least we could start setting up how much potentially we feel confident we we could be able to go back to raise, right? That allowed us to get so many more investors on board because I see this happen time and time again is that 
people find a deal. It's a great project or not. They think it's a great project. And then they say, well, it's going to be, I'll just go find the money. I have this great deal. But it's such a hurdle because now your back's against the wall. You have all the time, the clock's ticking, and you need the pressure of instead of giving the investors the, the time to make a good decision, now they have to make a decision, right? They, right? they can't decide if it's right for them. They have to tell you now. Like, I need to, you know, we're going to need this money right now. So, you know, are you ready? And people, it's, it's, that's a lot for someone to take on, especially if this is their first time investing into maybe a syndication or into an apartment investment. Yeah, I love it. So that that prepaving and doing the work up front, building those relationships, super important. And a lot of what we do as syndicators, just constant education, right? Constantly yeah. kind of educating it. And we tell people like, hey, here's a deal. If, if it's a fit, Love to have you. It's open until it's full. If it's not, please don't do it. If this is pressure for yeah, you, like, there's more deals. There's, correct. you know, the next one's probably gonna look very similar structure, return profile, all that stuff. So um, yeah, I love that approach. So that it worked, right? You guys closed the deal, you raised capital, um, got into that deal. And, you know, what was your mindset after that? Because going from thinking about it to going to owning a hundred unit building, puts you in a much smaller kind of group of people. Um, did you guys immediately want to kind of go chase down your next deal or did you kind of have to level set or what was, what was the mindset at that point? It took us about, I think nine or 11 months before we did another project. And yeah. part of that is that, you know, okay, sure. Like we just did all the parts of actually closing the deal, but there's the whole part of running the deal. Right. And yes. so we wanted to make sure that we could, the proof was in the pudding, right? So prove the concept right? Prove the concept to make sure that everything's lining up. So here's our business plan. Does the business plan align with what we perform it out, right? So we do, and we went out there, performed in the business plan and said, okay, makes sense, right? Made sure we had the right team members around, all the right pieces of the puzzle. And then that gave us the, the, the confidence or the energy to go out there and find the next project and the next project and the next project. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. You kind of learn and refine the team as you as you go yeah. along. Any fundamental changes to future projects in terms of how you did your splits and your equity raise, or was it just kind of a rinse and repeat system for you? You know, we've done some changes, and it preferred return has been anywhere between six and nine percent, and the and the split's been uh, typically a a seventy thirty or sixty forty, depending on projects. Higher pref will be a uh, a a more split to the general partners. Maybe if it's a nine pref, a sixty forty split. You know, a seven prep, seventy thirty split. So typically in that part, um, been pretty commonplace. We haven't split up into a lot of different share classes. Um, we we've seen a couple of those, and they're interesting, and I understand them. However, it, it, sometimes if you're doing, I find if I'm doing a five hundred six B to my network, I don't want to make it so confusing that they're trying to just they they can't even understand why you're having all these different hurdles. Okay, this is what I get if I invest this. That's correct. Okay, I'm interested. Yeah. Simplicity is, I think, so important. We found the same thing. And there's yeah. so many ways you could take this. As operators, we're certainly leaving the money on the table without doing all these complex waterfalls and stuff. But you know what? Every time we go do a deal, there's capital. Investors are happy. We're happy. Everybody can keep doing Correct. deals. So, you know, you take a long-term view of it and it works for everybody. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love Love that approach. So how have you guys evolved the, the operation side over these deals and over the years? Has it always been third-party management, different third-party companies? Did you bring it in-house? How have you guys approached that? Sure. It's actually a mix. So <clears throat> over the last year, we've hired four people onto the team. It's been a you know a great movement for us. Uh, we do use third-party management um, in a few different markets, and then we manage in-house a few of the properties as okay. well. 
Yeah. So, nice. you know, we have uh, one in Nashville, one in Atlanta, one in Louisville, for which we do that. Uh, we manage, um, you know, our storage units. We manage um, also our properties in Little Rock, right? So we've started to bring some more of that slowly in-house as we've built out the team. Uh, but we have some really strong management partners. Like our one here in Nashville is just top-notch, right? And so they go out there, they perform. This is their business because... You can manage in-house, but it's 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 a whole different business, right? Yes, so you do is. have to be prepared that you are setting up to do a whole different business. It's not, you know, you know, asset management and property management, they are not the same thing, right? So you have to be ready to take on that approach if you are going to manage your assets. Well, that's a whole other business plan. You have to make sure you're aligning with your current business plan. Yeah, 100%. It's a completely different animal, but there's no right way. We've, we've no. done it both ways. All kind of firms have done it uh, different ways. There's obviously pros and cons of each. Um, and I like that you can adapt to to different markets and, and what you're doing. Um, let's kind of fast forward a little bit to 2022. You know, we're talking at maybe the tail end of 2022 here. Been an interesting year. The first half was very different than the second half. So what, it, you know, what's going on for you guys this year in 2022? What are you seeing? Yeah, so we, we closed a couple of projects early on. Um, we've been looking to really just put on and continue to have a lot of banking relationships out there. I think right now, um, the goal is that, you know, we got to be very uh, careful to stay within our box for anything we're going to buy. However, we also want to make sure if we are going to buy something, we're putting on good debt terms that give us a lot of options going into the future. Because the one thing we don't want to do is, is, is cap our upside potential by putting on a prohibitive loan where potentially we have a huge prepayment, like a Fannie or Freddie project where we... We're stuck into it at a very unattractive rate. And if rates you know, retract and go the opposite way, that we're stuck into this loan, which is not going to be, one, easy for us to sell, and nobody's going to want to assume it, right? So we're, we're constantly looking at just having as many banking conversations as possible. And that's going from everything from local banks, regional banks, credit unions, um, yep. the Fannie and Freddie's, you know, like all of them out there to make sure that we're understanding who is lending in what capacity now and into the future. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's very much a capital stack conversation. I, I just had lunch before this with a couple of brokers we've transacted a bunch with, and you know, it's capital stacks the name of the game. If you could get yeah. in a deal right now, the basis probably looks better than it's looked for a while. But you have to be in a position to uh, execute something else in 12, 18 months. So yeah, if you've got yeah. a step down prepay or no prepayment or one percent prepayment, yeah. kind of gives you that flexibility regardless of what the you know what the Fed does or what the what the general debt environment looks like but uh good time to capitalize on a good basis yeah you can get in it's just figuring out that capital stack super tricky right now have you guys done anything outside of uh you know your normal kind of debt plus one share of of uh, one class of, of equity shares are you are you mixing that up or, or doing any prep no typically honestly we're doing a class a and class b right yeah. and so so us as the as the managing members or the class b members we have class a members and we partner that with some form of debt typically you know right now it's been a lot of regional and local banks doing yep. a lot of these projects here we have some fixed rate bridge out there um, you know, that we had going into uh, an end of last year out there, but nice. predominantly nothing that's um, really changing up the process from our usual standard operation. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So you guys moved from up north down to Tennessee. Uh, that's been what, a, a year plus now? Yeah, we'll come up in two years in December. So yeah, it's coming quick. It's been cool. So what was what was kind of behind that that market selection? Was that an intentional real estate move, or is it other factors there? And tell yeah. us about about that market. I mean, what's what's Tennessee doing? How you guys like it there? 
Yeah, so it's been great. Uh, we're up there in New Jersey, uh, you know, New Jersey, lived there, born and raised, and it was just time to go see something else. And with COVID, you know, our kids were like in school, out of school. They were like, you know, two, four and six at the time. And like, yeah. maybe they're on Zoom, maybe they're not. They're like, so if there was ever a good time, it was now to move, right? So we decided, let's put our house on the market. We'll have some time to figure it out. And, you know, three days later, our house is like three over offer, three over asking offers. We're like, okay, I guess we're moving. And we, we had on the docket Denver, Phoenix, and and Nashville, all cool. great places. And I think we had just um, been to, to Denver just a little too much. So we kind of took that off. And in Phoenix, like to get outside a lot. We were just kind of out in the desert a little too much. We said, okay, let's put ourselves in Nashville. And the the one advantage about the other two was Peely's family still in Hawaii, but it wasn't like we we're going to take a car from Denver to get to Hawaii. So it was right. still, still a plane, right? Yep. And here, you know, being down here in Nashville, it put us closer to our properties because we were a thousand miles away in New Jersey. If we go to Denver, we're now a thousand miles the other way from our properties. We yeah. said, okay, this puts us in range to be active where we are. So we got down here. It's been great. We had a lot of friends here, you know, some partners on investments. It's been a really fun move. The kids have been loving it. And so, you know, it's just been great. And usually for us, it's okay, let's just go try it out. You know, Peely had never, we moved here without Peely ever seeing Tennessee. You know, so it was just like one of those places, like, let's go figure it out. What's the worst thing we do? Go move sure. somewhere else. You know, yeah. and that that's it's been great for us. And right now it's it's serving a great purpose. I could see us being here for a while. Yeah, I love it. Um, a lot of us got into this business for a level of freedom and, and lifestyle design. I mean, that's certainly motivator for for me. Has that been a part of you guys focus? And what what does a typical week look like for you? You know, it, the best part about this is exactly that. You know, yeah. one of these things is that. It, especially for bringing on team members is you become your own bottleneck. But if you are your own bottleneck where you're doing everything, where you're getting away from the reason you did this in the first place. Right. Yeah, so, you know, right. I have right now, um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I have kids activities, right? So I leave early, go to the kids activities. They have, you know, karate, they have gymnastics, they have soccer, all these different activities. I, I can just go take them to school in Amazing. the morning, you know, find my time. And like, that's, that's the important pieces. Cause you know, as, as you know, just, time passes. It moves whether we're with it or not, it's still moving. Right. And just like I said, they were, you know, two, four and six, they're now four, six and eight. Right. And that that's going to continue to be on a fast pace, whether I like it or not. And so yeah. I, I want to be present for those moments and make sure that when I'm here, I'm making the best use of my time. Right. So come here, get to talk to you, do a great podcast, work with the team, have our team meetings, make sure everybody's focused on the right plan. So I can spend time at work to commit to work. And then when I'm with family, I can spend time with family to commit to family. I love it. Yeah. The, the flexibility there is just a huge thing. And, um, you know, I found, I like to work. I, yeah. I work plenty, but it's, it's on my own terms. It's Correct. on the types of things I want to do. It's on very, either very valuable things for the business or things that I just flat out love doing, which maybe sometimes aren't as valuable, but if I love doing them, uh, I'm going to do them. So yeah. that, that flexibility and freedom is some of the coolest stuff. And, 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 you know, we've got kids that are a little bit older than yours, but same thing time's flying by, you know, when they're out of the house, I can, there's plenty of time to go build businesses, but this yeah. is an irreplaceable time in, yeah. uh, in their lives. So pretty cool to be able to take advantage of that. Um, I agree. what do you guys see for, um, you know, for next year, 2023, do you guys set annual goals? Do you, you know, how do you guys move forward and kind of keep track of progress? Just take deals as sure. they come. I'm always curious to see how people approach that. 
we look at one deal a quarter as our goal, our metric nice. points. We want to see the focus on one deal a quarter. Now that that we're not saying we were going to do a deal a quarter because you know, we're we're patiently aggressive, we'll call it. And that may mean Love we do it. one deal in quarter one and then nothing in two and three, and maybe we do two or three in quarter four, and that's fine too. However, if we put that energy forward to continue to grow on that part. That's continued to service in the past and continued to service going forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. You, you, I think you got to have the goals out there to kind of structure the yeah. resources that are going to make it happen, but you can't just buy deals just to buy deals, obviously. Correct. Um, so you've been at, you know, in the multifamily game for a while, I've had a lot of success, built a big portfolio. What is something you would share to somebody, you know, wanting to get into this business, maybe yourself before you got into the, the business, now that you've got the benefit of that perspective of having done it for a while? Yeah, I always say that if I went and told myself, I wouldn't listen, right? Because we, we always have to discover what we've done to figure out where we are. But the same yeah. part is that action beats inaction at every point, right? So, mm -hmm. so the longer you stay on the sideline, the longer it's going to take you to ever get started and get committed. Now, that can be anything from going there, listening to podcasts, taking something away today and saying, okay, you know, well, Jason started one market. So maybe I should go look at some markets to see if I could pick one market. And then don't get lost, you know, 20, going 20 markets. Just pick one market, learn the steps in one market, because either which way, you'll either find out it's a good market for you or it's a bad market for you. And at least you've eliminated something, right? So the, the, the power of action is everything. The, the, the best Case and worst case result is not going to happen on either format. It's going to be something in the means, but it's going to take you to find action so you can get better questions to get better answers. Because I find my limitation has usually been is that if I'm missing an answer, it's because I haven't learned the question to ask. Mm, right. And the more yeah. I can get better at the question that I'm going to ask, the cleaner the response will be to me. I love it. I love it. And, and by moving forward, I think this is something that is maybe not as apparent for some people that are wanting to get into this. You're discovering sometimes a lot of things that you do not want to do. My first couple of years yeah. in this business was all discovering things. Well, don't want to do that again. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. You know, and a thousand things later, all I'm left with is like what we're doing today. It's it tried everything else. So, but all that was because of relentless action, right? Relentless action, knocking on doors and, and so forth. Um, similar question, kind of on the same vein, you know, to that prospective investor, maybe it doesn't have desire to go out and be a GP and run a deal and do all the work that you guys do, but they kind of inherently understand real estate's a relatively stable place to park capital, but they, they don't, they don't know a guy, they don't know how to get in the, into this kind of passive investing business. What do you say to that kind of brand new person to the space? Yeah. So what is your goal? Typically, we say, well, we want to get, I want to invest in real estate. Well, what does that mean, right? Are you looking for that you want to have cash flow to replace, you know, um, some of your expenses each month? Um, are you, you have a lot of money set aside and you're looking to build your, your net worth, right? So you're, you're potentially better to, to not take on projects that are going to cash flow today, but might have a big upside potential in the, in the future. Are you open that you want to stick to where close to where you live? Are you open to be in different markets across the country, right? So the cleaner you can get on what exactly are you looking for, or at least put parameters out there if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, because it's going to allow you to have good conversations with operators that you can learn if potentially you're a good fit, because it is a relationship. You're, you're, whether you're a passive investor or an active investor, if you're passively investing with someone, it's still a relationship, right? You're still going to be invested with this person for a number of years here. So you want to make sure that your goals are aligning so you both can have the same vision going forward. I love it. I love it. Um, well, Jason, thank you for sharing your story. Love hearing about you guys' success, the move, the different assets, the whole journey. Um, somebody wants to connect with you and your company and see what you guys are up to. How can they do that? 
Sure. Yeah, Devin, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me back on. Uh, you can find me at yarusiholdings.com. That's Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. Or email me at jason at yarusiholdings.com. Outstanding. We'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can scroll down to the description and see a link right there to Jason's website and his company. Check it out. And we'll have you on another 100 episodes, man. That's it. Great seeing you again. And I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.